Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. It is the fifth hour with Ben Maller. We do this four hours a night uh, during the week, and that's not enough, clearly, because uh, we do this on the weekend here. Eight days a week. This is the Saturday podcast, and the wait has ended now. The new running mate side-by-side side on the fifth hour with Ben Maller. A blast from the past. Give it up for Danny G Radio. There he is, the man, the myth. I'm Anthony Davis, and you are LeBron James. No, no, I'm not LeBron James. No, 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 don't call me LeBron James. How dare you? How dare you? I am Kawhi Leonard. You no. are Paul George. That's how no, that goes. Right I don't want to be a loser. <laughs> I, I like that you're wearing a Laker hat, though. That's good. That's a solid. You, you haven't changed your wardrobe at all. I like that. Repping the Lakers, even though they're not playing very well this year. And I like how you're wearing a Brooklyn Nets hat. It's a nice. Oh, that is the great. That is the B with the Ben Dodgers and not the Brooklyn Dodgers, the Ben Dodgers. Nice Nets hat. Yeah. So the question I have been asked more than anything, Danny, uh, when Gascon was podcast for a while and then he, he bailed out and then we were trying to find somebody and you were the first name that popped up. Uh, I said, Danny G, uh, that's the guy. That's the guy that I want. But we had to convince you to do it, Danny, and there's not a lot in it. So how were we able to twist your arm to get you to join the Fifth Hour Podcast? Was it a moment of weakness? It's actually that I have insomnia. 
I have certain hours available that I was used to not only doing your show, but outkick the coverage. I'm like, what do I do with these hours so I can stay productive? Yeah, no, no. And, I, and it's, it's good because uh, I, I have we record this podcast at really ungodly hours. If people when we recorded the fifth hour podcast, they would say, man, that's a crazy person. But it fits the schedule. And I'm glad it worked out. And uh, I loved having you on the show back in the day. Danny. you know, I was upset when you left. I didn't want you to leave the show. And you yeah, you got promoted, which I'm happy about. And I'm glad we can do this podcast and play grab ass yeah. on the weekend. As you, you've been in radio a ton. We had you on a few weeks ago. And, and I want to point out at the time we had you on, this was not even in play. We didn't know <laughs> that this was a possibility, right? This just kind of popped oh, up. They didn't even want you on a fourth hour, let alone a fifth. Yeah, exactly. 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 So so anyway, this popped up right after that. It was, uh, I don't know what the word is you want to look for. It was synergy. It was uh, serendipity, whatever it might be. But uh, but you popped up here. But you've been, been, been on the show before for years. And as I always point out, I, I obsess during the day with these dopey monologues that I do about sports. I spend a lot of time, a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears. And often, and you know this from working in the radio all these years, the thing that people like the most is none of that. They don't want to hear any of that. They don't care what I think about any of, of the sports teams. But uh, what I had for lunch on Wednesday <laughs> is very important. Yeah, it's true. When you pull back the curtain, it is more interesting, your life, and some of the lives of some of the hacks that we enjoy to listen to or watch on television. That is definitely more interesting than most of the burned-out sports stories that we get crammed down our ear holes. When I tune on the radio or I turn on the sports shows on TV, I hear the same takes over and over again, except I got to give our FSR lineup some credit. I do hear some different takes on our network, but on some of the other networks, it's just the same regurgitated takes over and over. Well, part of the problem also is a lot of, as you know, programmers in radio, they just play the hits, my man, you know, not our guy, but, do the same thing over and over again because they in, in the way that radio works, people turn over, the audience turns over a lot. Although we're lucky on the overnight that people do because they work in factories and drive trucks or whatever, they're up all night. They listen for more than 10 minutes. If you get somebody during the day to listen for 10 minutes, you've won the lottery. Uh, they, people don't listen that long. You know, you're in the car, you listen with half an ear. So it's a whole it's a whole different to do. So we're going to keep a similar format, though, Danny, on the fifth hour podcast. So on this podcast, uh, and you can add anything you want here, any stories you have. For, I know you just got back a few days ago from from Hawaii. Yeah. So I'm sure why I'm so dark like that you travel because I've heard my wife, my wife wanted to go to Hawaii and I've heard it was not there's a lot of restrictions uh, traveling to Hawaii. But I will have teriyaki madness. Okay. That is an original story you will only hear in the fifth hour. A uh, little Shakespeare, a uh, little unexpected Shakespeare, and whatever else pops up here on the fifth hour. But I'm going to start with the teriyaki madness, and then we'll, we'll get to Danny G's travel log. Uh, but the life of Maller, which we discuss on this podcast every Saturday. So I don't really live an interesting life. For some reason, people seem to like uh, me just telling random stories about dumb stuff that happens to me. Um, so I had a few things happen this week uh, that I have not shared radio for whatever reason, didn't have time for it. And so the other day I was doing some grocery shopping 
And, you know, I pick my meal. I don't eat that much. I fast. I'm on this intermittent fasting diet, but I, I, it was one of the days I ate. And so I decided I wanted to have, uh, I've been cooking at home. Now the kitchen's done at the house I'm living in. So I had, I said, I want teriyaki chicken and rice. Now the Maller palate, this is as close as I get to healthy Danny. So, uh, around 7am, I decide I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to buy all the ingredients to make teriyaki chicken and like the slow. And so I go on a mission and the mission calls for me to buy chicken and to buy teriyaki sauce and rice, you know, that's basically it. It's very simple. And uh, so I, I don't have a preferred brand of teriyaki sauce. So what I did was I spent about 10 minutes taking bottles of teriyaki sauce off the, off the shelf trying to find the perfect teriyaki sauce right i did not want to f this up were you looking at the sugar content on the back oh god no i don't care about that figure i cook it most of that burns out i think i don't know (laughs) i'm I'm reading and then i'm in my head i'm thinking well some of the some of the teriyaki sauce is a little low so that means it's popular so maybe i should get some of that because that's popular but then well maybe some of this other stuff people haven't tried and maybe that's good teriyaki and people are missing out on it so anyway, I'm looking, I'm really dumb, 10 minutes looking for teriyaki sauce at least. Uh, and, and so I, I finally find something that looks good. And I'm like, all right, this is great. I found, found my magic sauce. Now, I hate the fact in California, you, you can't get a grocery bag at the checkout. You got to pay for it. And so I don't pay for it, Danny. I, I do is I bring the bag from home and I'm like going to pay the tax to get a plastic bag at the grocery store. It's ridiculous. Why am I not? I refuse to pay. So I brought my own cloth bag. So again, after about what seemed to me like 30 minutes, but probably it was only 10, uh, I put the teriyaki sauce in the bag. It was my eureka moment. And then I'm like, okay, I found the sauce. This is great. I'm right in my Goldilocks zone. It was honey, spicy teriyaki. Danny, that sounds good, doesn't it? Nice. It does sound good. Yeah. So then I put the bottle in the bag and I'm moving on to now get the rice. Now, the rice and the chicken. The next thing up is the rice. So since I moved, I now go to a different store. So I don't know where everything is. And at the old place where I used to live, I knew where everything was. And so I'm educating myself. So as I'm walking around the grocery store, and if you've ever gone to the store in the morning, they're still putting stuff on the shelves. You know, it's there's a lot of things going on. And so, bam, just like that, I end up hitting... Uh, the side of the aisle. And somehow I dropped the bag. I dropped the bag there uh, bumping into the corner of the aisle in my haste. And I told you it was a cloth bag. Well, it turns out the teriyaki sauce, I didn't realize this at the time was in a glass container. Oh, uh, yeah. Kaboom. You pulled a Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I pulled a, a fumble bug on the rug. Um, so the cloth bag, I hear the, I hear the glass break and I'm like, Oh boy. Now, fortunately it was contained to the bag. So there, there all the broken glass and the delicious spicy honey teriyaki sauce was right there in the bag. So then I'm at the point, well, what do I do here? I, I can't just walk out of the store cause I didn't pay for it. I don't really want to pay for it because it's broken teriyaki sauce and so I made the walk of shame, Danny, over to one of the employees there at the grocery store. And uh, this woman was very nice. 
I, I think she felt pity on me because I'm such a loser. And uh, I, I told her what happened and she said, okay. And, and I was like, spill on aisle three, but there was no spill. It was in the bag. <laughs> and so I, I gave her the, the bag and she took all the glass out, gave me back the bag. And I went on my way and I had to, I, I had to get a grocery cart because I didn't want to take, I still didn't want to get a bag. So what I did is I put everything in the grocery cart, Danny, and then, and then moved, uh, moved out of the store, bought everything. And, and that was it. So I had a tough time getting teriyaki sauce. Who screws up getting teriyaki sauce? Seriously. Now, let me ask you, would a younger Maller, you had your wheels back in the day, would you have ran out of the store? You know, I did debate running out of the store. I did consider just leaving. Like, what are the odds that anything's going to happen? But I was like, eh, you know, just in case. I, I don't, and it was really, I didn't think I was going to get caught, but my thought, Danny, was, wait a minute here. I don't want to think about this for the next, like the next two days. Well, maybe somebody's going to come knocking on my door because I broke a bottle of teriyaki sauce and walked out of the grocery store. How embarrassing would that be? Can you imagine? Uh, sorry, uh, we've decided to press charges. Although in California, I don't think they press charges on anything these days, but, but, uh, but still. So that was my, my teriyaki. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So you got back to Hawaii, Danny. Now that's much better than me going to buy teriyaki sauce. And how many days were you there? Give me the, I want all the details. Cause I've heard horror stories of traveling during the, even though COVID's winding down, it's not winding down in many States, including Hawaii. So what was that like? Yeah. At first I got to shout out my Tinderoni because she did the legwork. She downloaded the applications that you have to fill out. And then they give you like a QR code. That code is important because then they need your vaccination cards and you got to take a picture of the front and the back of it and enter it into the website for Hawaii. And, and, and then this code you have to present at the airport along with your reservation to go and, it's, it's, you know, it is uh, jumping through hoops, but in the end it's worth it because they give you a, uh, a clearance bracelet. It's almost like you're going to a club, like waiting to get into the club, which was actually a couple of kids kicking us in the back of our airplane seats. <laughs> um, it was, it was a long flight there and it was packed going to Maui, but it was, it was well worth the, the trouble. Um, once we got there, and landed, obviously, you feel that nice, warm, humid weather hit you right in the face. As soon as you step out of the airport, you're like, wow, I'm somewhere tropical all of a sudden. And then it used to be that they would give you Mustangs there in Hawaii. You remember that? Every rental car was a Mustang or a Jeep. Yeah. Now it's just a fleet of Camaros for some reason. Camaros. They moved up to the Camaro now. Now, I've never been to Maui, so what's... What's it like? I've been to Oahu and I have been to Kauai. I usually go to Kauai, the Garden Island. There's not much. There's like 40 miles of roads in Kauai. That's it. But Maui, I've heard people that have been there said it's kind of like a much nicer Orange County where it's like beaches everywhere and all that. How would you describe Maui? West Maui is super beautiful. And yeah, picture San Clemente without all of the buildings all up and down the the beaches stacked all the way to the inland they've done a really good job there in Maui over the past 50 years they've had an explosion there with the resorts and everything but they've been very strategic with where they put the buildings so that you still get all the beautiful views and the water is pristine man i mean when you step into that water it is so warm and you could see your feet and obviously, you know, we we're lucky here on the West Coast to have the Pacific Ocean, but you, you're not looking at your feet there in that water. No, no. In fact, I following up on that, Danny, I refuse to go in the ocean. I have an anti-ocean unless I can see my feet because I was spoiled like you. I've been to Hawaii a few times and I will not go. Now, I've heard in Mexico, there's places in Mexico where you can see your feet and all. So maybe I the water there. But in, in the West Coast here in California, the water's thick and kind of murky and you can't, you can't see your feet. But that is awesome. And yeah. did you go snorkeling at all? Did you see any sea turtles or any of that stuff? We did. So it's the first time I've ever been snorkeling, which was really cool. And uh, we went out to what was a uh, volcanic rock. It's not an active volcano, although that would have made it more exciting. <laughs> um, and the boat pulls up and actually before we got to that rock there was just the middle of the ocean where the dude was like okay look we know a spot where there's lots of sea turtles and we're going to take you there first so they give you the gear and you are literally just in the middle of the ocean and I'm not going to lie you know after doing all of the animal thunderdome stories I've done over the years 
I'm like, well, wouldn't this be ironic if I get taken out in the middle of the ocean <laughs> by some sort of sea creature? Um, so they give you like a floaty, some of the diving gear, looking down into the reef. There were tons of these turtles just swimming. And these turtles, I mean, obviously you're in their territory. They don't care that the humans are there. As long as you're not splashing hard and making lots of noise, they swim right up to you. So we literally were looking at these turtles like right in front of us, which was really crazy. And the water was so salty that you float super easy. So even if you're big guys like us, you're still just there's really no way to sink. Yeah. The, the nicest place I've ever been water wise was the Nepali coast of Oahu was unbelievable. It's like the side there's nobody living there it's just all rocks and ocean and uh, they filmed a bunch of tv shows and movies on that side because it's just it's it's like you're out in the middle of nowhere and it's beautiful bright blue water it's really 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 awesome how was the food my only complaint with hawaii is the food's terrible it's (laughs) not big guy friendly food i had the worst Asian meal I've ever had there, which is odd. I, I was confused by it. They, they, everything was fried. Normally things fried are good, but I couldn't really make out what it was. It was, it was terrible. Whatever. I went to this Chinese restaurant. I don't even remember the name of it. It's probably gone now. There was only one restaurant that I liked. It was an Italian restaurant that was pretty good. But how, how was the food in Hawaii? I would say that you probably should stay close to your resort. The restaurants at the resort, although they're overpriced, it's worth it. That's why you save up to go on vacation. Um, but we had, man, there, there's a place called the Monkey Pod Restaurant. Five stars. It, it was expensive, but it wasn't one of the more expensive ones that we saw. The appetizers, the flavors, the drinks, pretty amazing. And then uh, we were at the West End because we cashed in all of our Marriott points. The restaurants they had right there at the resort were just unbelievable. So, yeah, we really got lucky with the food on on the trip. So you weren't eating at Mickey D's. You were not eating. No, (laughs) there was, you know, when they took us out. And by the way, we also saw some whales, which was pretty cool. That's after the whale watching. And and there wasn't people looking at me through binoculars. uh, We saw some humpbacks and then the boat uh, docked and they gave us sandwiches and bags of Doritos. And we're like. Okay, well, you know, whatever. We're out here on the water. We were so hungry, though, from all the snorkeling. Even those generic sandwiches tasted amazing. So, yeah, I mean, we avoided, uh, you know, the tourist traps, except for right there at the resort where you're stuck at the trap. So what are you going to do, right? As long as you can park your car, you know, you got to budget the fact that they're going to just rape you with that daily fee to park your car. Yeah. And let's just eat here at the resort. Let's pretend like we're very, very wealthy for a few days. And then when we get back to the mainland, then we'll go to the value menu. <laughs> well, that's a smart, that's a smart move. Normally, uh, well, they do say that the the best spice is uh, is hunger, right? That everything uh, takes, everything tastes better when you're hungry. But uh, yeah, the, the parking fees of the hotels. Oh, what a rip. So ridiculous. I mean, just build it into the cost of who's going, how many people are going to Hawaii and not, Renting cars. I mean, maybe that happens a lot. I don't, I don't know the, the the numbers on that, but most people, I would think, you're going on vacation, you save up, as you said, for vacation. You're going to rent a car so you can drive around. It's convenient. Now, is there a Costco in Maui? Because in there is. All right, because uh, in Oahu, there or not Oahu, uh, Kauai, there's one, and I did eat 
at Costco several times because the meals were so outrageous. I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a tightwad. I was like, oh, I'll eat it. And the Costco had views of like beautiful green mountains. It was amazing. Oh, I was like, this is- yeah, you eating free samples while you have a view. That is a vacation in itself. That's dream territory. Now, I had heard that when you go to Hawaii, they you have to give your itinerary where you're going to be every day. Is that is that still a thing, or did, did you not have to do that? No, we didn't have to do that, but we did have to keep filling out these questionnaires about if we were feeling well. They want to make sure you have no symptoms, and they were yeah. very strict about your mask being on. In fact, the, a couple of times we went into those ABC stores. Yeah for chips and water and stuff like that. I got yelled at several times because my mask wasn't up over my nose. Oh. It felt very Disneyland like pre lowering their restrictions down. We got yelled at and chased there at the park because the mask wasn't up over our nose completely. And it's like a school teacher running after you, scolding you. We caught that on several occasions there. So they're very, very strict about the masks being fully over your dome. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably wait until uh, they, they knock off that nonsense. I've, I've read too many studies. We had John Ziegler on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he pointed out the the data indicates that the mask doesn't do much of anything, that it is more for – it's like mask theater. Yeah. And he's given many examples, John has, and I've read other people that have studied it and looked at the actual science. You're supposed to follow the science and – I know it makes people feel good that you wear the mask, but uh, if, you know, if you can smell the cigarette smoke of somebody smoking near you, chances are stuff's going to get in there. And they've proven that there's really no difference. In fact, in Southern California, uh, as John pointed out, in Orange County where they don't have strict mask mandates and Los Angeles, there is no real difference between those that are wearing masks and those that are not. People don't like to hear that, but – that's the reality. All right. Um, moving on this Shakespeare story. I want to tell this. So uh, this is something that happened in addition to the dropping of the uh, honey, spicy teriyaki sauce. So the past week I had an awkward moment. I'm doing the show. I get a DM from Marcel in Brooklyn. First of all, that's odd. Cause Marcel never sends me DMS. And now normally I don't even check during the show. I normally just, I don't want to deal with that bull crap and I don't, I don't have anything to do with it. However, this one caught my attention. I just happened to, it happened to come in at the right time. And I was looking at my direct messages. And so Marcel told me, he said, call me. He was very upset about something that Blair in Maine had done or something like that. And so I wrote back, I said, Marcel, I, I'm doing the show. I can't, <laughs> I can't call you back. And then, so he, he wanted me to call him and he sent again, he said, call me. So I said, and I said, well, I don't have your number. I can't, I can't guess. I probably could guess your number. It would take a long time. Uh, So Marcel actually sent me his phone number on direct message. Now I had no intention of actually calling him. I just thought, you know, I'd be nice. And so at that point he gives me his number and he wants me to come. So I'm debating in my head, like, do I call this guy or not? And much like Shakespeare, it was to call or not to call, right? This is a Shakespeare line. And, uh, so as you know, I've had some bad experiences with doc Mike from Chicago, who still calls me, He's called me for 20 years. I gave him my number. He was going to jail. I said, call me when you get out. That's it. And don't call me after that. And he's called me every week, sometimes three or four times a week, sometimes even more than that. 
So I was like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the star 67. I'm going to block my number, but I'm going to call Marcel. Cause I said I would call him. So I'm going to, I'm going to star 67, give him a call. So the show ends and I decide, you know, flip the old coin in my head. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Here we go. We're on and call Marcella. So I work up the courage and I dial the number. It's a Brooklyn number. I looked it up online to make sure it was legit. It was Brooklyn number and ring, 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 ring. Answer. I hear a cloud and not a cloud, a uh, clear, a clear, well-spoken, loud voice. Hello. And I'm thinking, well, that does not sound like Marcel. Marcel doesn't sound anything like that. He's not loud. He's not clear. He doesn't say hello the way that. Anyway, so it doesn't sound like Marcel. So I then have I a decision. Knew he was a paid character. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's on the payroll. So I, I had a decision to make. Then. Do I hang up at that point and just pretend it didn't happen? Or do I engage whoever this person is? <laughs> so. For some reason, I, I decided to engage. I should have just hung up because there's no way they could have tracked me down. It was an unlisted dad blocked my number. So I say, is Marcel there thinking that maybe this is somebody that lives with Marcel in the projects of Brooklyn? The voice on the other side, very clear spoken, well, punctuation, great, all that. Uh, says, no, he does not live here. So like, oh, crap, you know, Marcel gave me the wrong number. This is terrible. And then he asked, who is this? And then I, uh, I explained I was trying to get a hold of Marcel. You know, he's a caller to my radio show. And this guy gave me a number, and I apologize. And then the guy stops me. He says, wait a minute, don't hang up, don't hang up. He says, this is uh, so-and-so. Uh, -so. He gave his name, and I didn't recognize it. And then I said, wait a minute, Uncle Dynamite? Which is Marcel's uncle. Yeah, he says, I'm Uncle Dynamite. And uh, it was Uncle Dynamite, the famous Uncle Dynamite. And so I talked to him on the phone for a couple minutes and he's like very concerned. He's like, was Marcel causing you problems? What's going on here? You know, that old thing. I'm like, yeah, he's taken oh, these calls before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he was like, no, Marcel's, you know, he's, uh, I said, he's fine. He was a character on the show and we have fun with him and he has fun on the show. And uh, he says, well, okay, just let me know if there's any problems with Marcel. Right. Like that. So it was very brief. And we, I said, have a good Thanksgiving, whatever. And he hung up and then that's it. So then I messaged Marcel. I'm like, Hey, Marcel, what the heck? You gave me uncle dynamite's number. You didn't give me your number. What do you expect me to call you? You gave me uncle dynamite's number. Then he writes back in a very angry, like for Marcel, it's saying, do not call uncle dynamite. Do not call uncle dynamite. <laughs> so I wrote back. I said, too late, Marcel, too late, too late. Why and, did he uh, give you the number then? Exactly. Well, uh, you know, Marcel's got a few issues, and one of his issues, Danny, is he – I don't think he keeps really good track of numbers. But he does know the number to call in to Fox Sports Radio. He's memorized that. He gets that one right all the time. I remember we tried – there was a listener, I think it might have been Tammy in Montana. Somebody wanted to send him a gift, a care package, because he has a terrible diet. And so Koopa Loop was trying to get Marcel's address. That's a hard get, Danny. That's yeah. that's a hard get. And finally, he tracked it down. Then we learned Marcel does not like to leave his apartment in Brooklyn to get the mail. So that became another issue. We had to explain to Marcel, hey, there's like food waiting for you, but you can't. It's going to go bad if you don't get it. So that 
<laughs> that was the the whole thing. Uh, interesting times. Interesting times. Gotta love the Malik yeah. militia, man. I miss the militia. You know, after all these years, I still get tons of direct messages and have long-standing friendships with so many. Your audience definitely is the most fun out of any radio show in the country. Thank you, Danny. Be prepared because uh, I did not announce this before the mailbag. We're going to do the mailbag on Sunday's podcast, but you will be peppered <laughs> with questions. You might have to bring back Tinderoni tips. I know you are now. You found the queen Tinderoni at this moment, but you still might have to give out advice. You have a lifetime of experience in the, the war zone that is dating. Yeah, and I met her online. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah, and I met my wife online, but a long time ago, and I, I've been out of the game for over a decade now, so I've lost my, I've lost my way. Yeah. I thought I ever had. You, I didn't have you any. Met yours so when I, you had to do a dial-up connection. Yes, yeah, I did a dial AOL. I had my AOL. I was in an AOL chat back in the, <laughs> back in the. You know, I stumbled into. I, when I called Uncle Dynamite, I didn't realize I was calling Uncle Dynamite, but and he said hello, and then I said hello, and I was like, why do we say hello? I stumbled down a rabbit hole on, do you know the story, the backstory of hello, Danny? Do you know why we say hello? Yeah, I don't, but it's kind of interesting because I was wondering about the whole aloha thing because obviously I heard that for a few days nonstop as it's hello and goodbye. And mm. mahalo. Yeah, mahalo. I know yeah. that's the extent of my Hawaiian. And those ABC stores, I've seen them in Vegas, but that's it. I've seen them in Vegas and Hawaii. And that seems to be the number one travel destination for people in Hawaii. They love going to Vegas, love to get and and listening to the radio in in, in Hawaii. Like a lot of the commercials, like travel packages to go to Vegas, at least years ago when I was there, it's like a big to do. And the locals were commenting on my Raiders gear nonstop and showing me pictures of a special Raider paint job that one of the valet guys had on his truck. I heard more than uh, five times from locals there saying, I can't wait to get to the stadium. So you're right. They love Las Vegas with a passion. And now that there's pro football there. Yeah. So when you're in Hawaii, you can either go back to the States, which is a five hour flight, or you can go to Guam. How far away is Guam from Hawaii? It's got to be at least another three hours, I would think, right? I, I, I know when, I, when I've traveled to Hawaii that you, people stop and on the way to Guam, you'll stop off in Honolulu or something like that for a few hours and then keep going to Guam. So it's, it can't be that long, long a flight. I'm looking. I, 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 every time I go to Hawaii, I, I, I see the Guam and I think of Vic the Brick. Yeah, we've got to get on this podcast at some point. Vic works when we normally record the podcast or sleeps, but I've known Vic for years. But Vic got his start, Vic the Brick, an LA legend in Guam. He wow. was a waiter in Guam. It's one of the great. He's told me the story before. It's a great story. He was working in Guam as a waiter. He didn't really know what he wanted to do after school. And a guy that came in that owned, like, I think one of the radio stations in Somehow he ended up getting offered a job and the guy's been in radio and television for 40, 50 years or whatever. It's crazy. That's an eight hour flight, by the way. Eight hours. Are you serious? Yeah. From, from Hawaii, it's eight hours to Guam. Yeah. Wow. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's crazy. Uh, so as far as the hello thing, I, I spent a minutes-long investigation, minutes-long here, investigation, and just the facts. I needed answers. So here's what I found, Danny, according to my internet research, minutes-long investigation. Now, Alexander Graham Bell, who is credited with inventing the phone, although there's some debate whether that actually happened, he had suggested that we should say ahoy when we answer the phone ahoy and during the 17th century in america pilgrims uh, would typically say good morrow instead of hello or how now that's weird that sounds like something marcel would say how now or how do you fare or what cheer uh, they didn't say hi, they didn't say how are you, any of that stuff. But Alexander Graham Bell wanted ahoy, which is a maritime greeting. Uh, we've all seen pirate movies, right? Ahoy, matey! Right, that's a classic line. Uh, 
I kind of like that. Ahoy. I might have to do that. I might have to, when I answer the oh. phone now, ahoy, <laughs> would I be a nerd or cool? Which would I be, Danny? Uh, I think you know the answer to that. All right. I, I was hoping maybe you'd, you'd give me the answer I want. Anyway, so it was Thomas Edison who equipped the first telephone exchanges. Now, originally, when Alexander – I didn't know this until I fell down this rabbit hole. So when Alexander Graham Bell came up with the telephone, what he was the original telephone, it was a direct hard-line connection. So there was no need to ring – because the line was always open. And so you don't need to say hello. You just talk down the line. You don't need to say hello. But it was Thomas Edison who, in 1877, during an experiment, he shouted the first audio ever said into what became the telephone. Hello, or halloo is what he said. Halloo, H-A-L-L-O-O. Halloo. And that term was used in the 1870s for inciting dogs on a hunt. So if you wanted to, I guess, the dogs to hunt, you say, ah, halloo, and they'd go out and hunt. Weird. The legend was born. That halloo turned into hello. Hello! And that turned out to be the, the way that goes. But just think, if it had been ahoy, we'd have, instead of hello, kitty, we'd have hello, kitty. That you know, doesn't sound as good. Or what are some other hello products we've had? There's oh the, the Adele song, right? The Adele song. That Lionel Richie's famous song. And also it made me think of that movie. Uh, I just looked it up. It's from 1990. Crazy People. Remember that old Dudley Moore movie with Daryl Hannah? You know, I, I probably did see that. That's right in my wheelhouse for movies when I did see a lot of movies. So I'm going to say that I did see that. YouTube homework. The Hello Song. There was a crazy guy he got on the piano and he did a hello song. Is it? Okay. All right. I, I, I'll have to check it. I'll go on YouTube when the podcast is done. And I will, I will check it out. Now, speaking of YouTube, Danny, as a fellow radio guy yourself, who started even younger than me, we learned that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago before you were part of the podcast. Yeah. When you were just hanging out schmoozing with us. So I recommend anybody that loves radio, and we have a lot of people that are P1s, Danny, that love radio, talk radio, any kind of radio, and we're a couple old radio guys, nerds, whatever. The greatest piece of television on radio, WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, the turkey drop. Yes. (laughs) Yes. This is the weekend to go back and watch the turkey drop on YouTube. There's like a four-minute clip. From the 1970s, 80s, WKRP. Ben, I thought they could fly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Les Nesman. Les Nesman, the newsman, covering the turkey promotion at the mall. And uh, that was outstanding. And DJ Dr. Johnny Fever back in the studio and uh, all of that. Venus flytrap. Those, I mean... We're doing old guy podcasting here, Danny, but that show. Yeah, I grew up watching reruns of that show and was just uh, mesmerized by the radio equipment and the fact they could push one button and walk away for five minutes and then come back and do a live break on the mic anytime they felt like it. And then once in a while, you'd see them like cue up a record and the dynamics that took place inside the sales office and the front desk and everything that happened with that radio station, it did uh, make a lot of people curious about broadcasting. 
till this day, that is definitely the show when it comes to radio stations. Absolutely. If, if you have, I promise you, where if you've not seen it before, somehow you're like missed it. Check it out. Even if you've seen it before, the Turkey Drop WKRP, type it into YouTube and you will uh, you'll love it. I, I think you'll love it. And the great thing about all my years in radio now, pretty much everywhere I've worked, there's a version of the character on the show. Like they really nailed it. Like there's, there's the, the, the guy that runs the station, Mr. Carlson, who's there's always that Mr. Carlson type character. Uh, there's uh, the, the Johnny fever doc, you know, DJ veteran radio guy kind of, you know, been around Les Nesman, the person that takes things way too seriously, like all of those things, all <laughs> of those things are accurate. Even to this day they, they totally got that part, right. It was great. Yeah. Shout out to Scott Mahalik, who was my general manager slash program director of KATM Modesto Stockton, Sacramento. In the mid nineties, I was a kid. It was one of my first radio stations. And he was like a real life character, like one of those guys on that TV show, because instead of getting a Turkey sound effect for the station, he brought in on a rope, a live Turkey to the radio station. (laughs) And he kept it on the patio right outside of the conference room there was a closed off little patio where some of the broadcasters would go smoke their cigarettes. And we had a turkey tied up out there for a week and they would parade it into the studio once a shift and let it gobble live on one of the microphones. Oh, that's outstanding. Yeah, that is wonderful. I've never done a I've never done a live turkey. I don't think I've ever, well, I had Parker, the snow dog. That's as deep as we, you were there for that. I think. Parker yes, the uh, snow yeah. Dog when yeah. He, when he came in, that was uh, the, the only, I think the only animal. We used to have Otto the drinking dog, but not in studio. The craziest thing I've done, I had an eating contest years ago on the weekend show. We had Major League Eating sent in this guy, Big Sexy, who actually became a radio guy. He became a radio guy after that, and he came in and hot dogs, and we had paramedics there in case he choked on one of the dogs. We had a representative to keep time, you know, track of the time. It was crazy. It was so ridiculous. Uh, but I've never had a live uh, turkey. That's that's pretty wild. The other thing about Thanksgiving, when you think about it, for me, it's WKRP, the turkey drop. But every every music guy I've ever talked to, not that I know many in radio, Thanksgiving weekend, if you have a classic rock format, you know what song always gets played Thanksgiving weekend, Danny? You, you know, it's in... Let me see here. Now it's I'm putting you on the spot here. It's in if I give you the time of the song, I think you'll get it right. It, it's an 18 minute song. Something Alice's something something. Huh. It's an old song from the 1960s about these guys got arrested on Thanksgiving because something they did on Thanksgiving, and it's Alice's. It's on uh, YouTube also. I've had guys say, oh, yeah, we play that every Thanksgiving. It's like a tradition. Thanksgiving night, we'll play the song, which has to be a DJ's friend. Now everything's automated, but in the old days, you actually had to play the music, and so you had to be where you're supposed to be to play the music. Now everything's kind of – it's a lot easier for a lot of people to do it. But in the old days, to have an 18-minute song, Danny. I worked at a rock station as a kid, and I would play November Rain from Guns N' Roses one of my first girlfriends would come to the radio station. We would make out by her car 
as <laughs> and she would have the station on in her car so I could hear and monitor what was happening. And we'd be, you know, uh, doing a Bible study out in the parking lot. And then I would run in when I knew it was the last 30 seconds of the song. So, yeah, back back in my day, it was Guns N' Roses, November Rain. That was the long song to play. My program director, when he would have his meetings with us about what we were doing on the air, he would tell me, and don't think I haven't noticed how you play November Rain every single night. <laughs> That's great. When I, when I was briefly DJ at a uh, smooth jazz station, we, there was a Brantford Marsalis song that was really long. And that was always, we had to go to the bathroom. Uh, that would be the song that we played. That, that just, I just looked it up here. Alice's Restaurant is the name of the song. So I guess you haven't heard that, but it's uh, Arlo Guthrie. It's an old song from the 60s. It's like 18 minutes. 18 minutes. It's a folk song, but it gets played on classic rock stations. So uh, that's another thing. Check out over the weekend. Uh, speaking of checking out, I think we are going to check out on these Saturday podcasts. Uh, you can email us if you want. Uh, the email that I use for this podcast, if you want to send a question in, is realfifthhour at gmail.com on Twitter at Ben Maller. And Danny, how can people contact the great Danny G Radio to say hello? Very easy at Danny G Radio on Twitter. All right, at Danny G Radio on Twitter, and I'm on Cameo as well. If you want a personal video shout-out, it's not free, but I'll do a mini Mallow monologue for you, whatever you want over there on Cameo. Have a wonderful day. Rest of your Saturday. We'll catch you on Sunday. Aloha. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.